Yo, don't be a piece of shit your whole life. This is Therapy with Uncle Mike and Theo Rob. Yo, Mike, unpack that shit. Podcast number two, or maybe it's number one. The first one was zero. I'm not sure. But we're going to get into parenting, how we was raised, how we raised our kids, and shit going on in the current events. First moments of your life. I agree. You know, my, shit, my daughter had a seizure. My son, No, my son had a seizure. My daughter got bit by a dog. My dad killed himself. My mom's a piece of shit. You know, this shit. <laughs> I guess we're kind of introducing ourselves, right? Yeah, let's start. Where you want to start? Damn, we're not, I don't we know. We got to start man. about our parents and how we were raised. Yeah, I guess that's the perfect place to start, right? Yeah, I agree. I guess I'll, I'll, st- I'll set it off because I was born first. So I knew what our parents were before all the drugs and the bullshit. I don't, I don't know them no, no other way. I know them. I always smoking weed, drinking, chilling, going out. I ne- I don't never remember it being calm. <laughs> I mean that was normal though. You know, even us. Like I was smoking weed back in the day, but I don't think as a dad I've ever smoked weed though. I smoked a few times. I don't like weed anymore. Once I got my wife got pregnant with our first daughter, my only daughter. I completely went sober like instantly. I was like, I gotta get my shit together. And now when I smoke, I get paranoid as hell. Uh, I feel vulnerable. I don't know. I'm not good with drugs no more. Yeah, bro. That's how I get. When I get tutored and booted, forget about it. Not only do I feel guilty, I'm scared. Oh, my God. Somebody's going to come in the house and kill me. Who can my kids tell? Yeah, drugs are bad for me. Yeah. We got to do a podcast while we're on our drug, our preferred drug, and just explain what we're going through because I hate it. I, I I feel like I can't protect my family. Like, if somebody busts in right now, or if my daughter runs out and she stubbed her toe, I'm not going to know what to do. Yeah, that's just tough. When Loco had the, the seizure, Ruby screams, yo! I run to the room, and he looks dead. He's just staring at me. His body's not moving. He's not shaking. He's just staring at me. And I reacted. At that moment, I knew what to do. We rushed to the hospital. We took care of business. But if I was on par, I wouldn't have been able to move. My anxiety would have been so intense she would have had to do everything by herself. Yeah, that would have been fucked up. I uh, I knew me and we never got along. Because the first time I smoked, I got paranoid as hell. And I thought somebody was chasing me. Me and Angel was chilling when I got real high. And I felt like somebody was chasing us. And I was riding a bike. Yo, I pedaled so hard, I snapped the, the pedals off the frame of the bike. So I knew me and we didn't really get along. And then my first, first high, it was like hallucinogenic. I'm like, no, nah, we ain't supposed to have you like tripping like this. Is that the word hallucinogenic? I don't even know if that's the word. It's like, <laughs> hey. Yo, we need a Google guy. Hey, We're hey. recruiting interns. Where are the interns at? Webster. You gotta <laughs> add that to the dictionary. That's right. Nah, but you know, you ever heard somebody say, yo, you gotta get through the the whole paranoia phase? Yeah. And you, I don't want to. I don't want to, I don't want to have, how much do I gotta smoke to get there? Yeah. I'm not trying to smoke that much. <laughs> You got to smoke a whole lot. Smoke for eight months of your life every day, and then it'll be gone. Yeah. So for eight months, I got to be terrified every day? Nah, I'm all right with that. I remember when my wife had her first an abortion, and she called me, and I was stoned. I was at the bus stop. I was getting ready to go to Miami-Dade, and I was like, yo, I'm going to smoke a blunt at the bus stop. I smoke a blunt. She calls me. She's like, oh, I'm going to the hospital right now. I'm bleeding a lot. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm going to come pick you up. I'm like, okay. But in my head, I'm petrified i'm like because she didn't like me smoking and i didn't know how to handle the situation i'm like shit i knew it wasn't for me wasn't an abortion or miscarriage miscarriage did i say abortion yeah oh shit we're gonna have to edit that nah 
We're going to keep it all it is. Abortion? I don't even believe in abortion, but that's the topic. You're not pro-choice? Nah. Really? Well, I'm pro... You can have your choice. I guess I'm pro-choice, but personally, nah. I'm pro-choice. It's, it's a long subject. I got to do my so research. So, like, you're against it. Like, you would stand outside Planned Parenthood. Hell, no. I'm not like that. I don't want to fund Planned I don't feel like I should pay for your abortion. No, if somebody could pay for it, that's their business. Exactly. But we fund Planned Parenthood, and I'm not with that. I hear it. It's, it's potato-tomato. Potato-potato? No, that's not how it goes. Yeah, it is. I'm it's tomato, tomato. No, why would they call it? Think about it. It's two fruits that might be vegetables. Potato, tomato. Why would it be tomato, tomato? That's stupid. No, it's tomato, tomato. Why? I don't know. I didn't create the same. You know, Chata? Google guy. Oh, yeah, we're recruiting one. <laughs> nah, but yeah, then back to mommy and daddy. That was normal for them. Always being high and you didn't even notice. And daddy didn't even drink. He didn't drink at first. He would just smoke his Chiba. Remember he used to Chiba? Yeah. I'm going to get a bag of Chiba. Yeah. And, uh, and he, the job, the J-O-B's, the papers. Yep. He used to find the papers and the Chiba. And mommy, damn. I don't even think mommy was getting messed up. She was drinking a little a little Cisco here and there. but it was No, never... I don't think Cisco was until she started smoking crack. Nah, Cisco started in the Keys Apartments. I don't think she was smoking crack That's... in the Keys Apartments. That's when she was drinking Cisco. When daddy was strung out. That was when daddy started getting strung out. Yeah. It was tough though because I daddy was my hero. Like when he used to come home, I used to just like oh, daddy's home, daddy's home. I used to love his smell, the way his hands felt around my body when he would pick me up, and it it was so great. Like I thought I had the best dad in the world for for many years. Nah, I felt the same way. Even when he got locked up, I was still I was like, damn, that's my dad. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't you don't. Realize your parents until you're a parent. And mom used to always say that shit. And I'd be like, you're full of shit. You're a piece of shit. Whatever. You'll see when you have kids. You'll see when you have kids. And now I see, when I, now that I got my kids, I know how it is. And I understand, like, the pressure of being a man and being a focal point in our house. Not everybody's up for that. Yeah, but... Daddy was always my favorite person. Even to the day he killed himself, he was got to be my favorite person. Even he was the biggest piece of shit. Our parents were pieces of shit. Mommy couldn't say, you'll know. I, I won't know your struggle because I'm not your type of parent. I'm, I show up every day for my kids. They didn't talk to us enough. That's what it was. We didn't really know them yeah. other than everyday life. We just knew what we saw. Yeah. I want to sit down and tell my kids about my childhood and experience things with them. Not just just live day to day. You get caught up in the day to day, but... Teach them about, like, practical stuff, life, like, how to ride a bike, how to swim. This is dangerous. Don't do this. There's really consequences. I don't really feel like we ever had that. You know, my daughter still can't ride a bike. She's going to be eight next month. <laughs> I'm such a terrible parent. My daughter can't ride a bike either. We only learned how to ride a bike because we lived in the projects. Yeah. You learned how to do everything <laughs> by yourself. You just, hey, I'm going to steal this bike. I don't know how to ride it, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I don't even remember how. I think Daddy taught me how to ride a bike at Homestead Middle, the basketball courts, when we lived in the duplex right across. He took me across the street, and then he just made me ride. That shit was concrete, and I was falling like a project park. Yeah, Homestead Middle. Oh, my God. Yeah. New Mexicans was playing soccer out there and shit (laughs) on the court. We lived so rough, man. We lived so rough. Daddy was a good dude. He was really good. His biggest downfall was Mommy, though. I wouldn't say it was her. I would say it was the love for her. He was not selfish at all. Not when he came to her. Yeah, he wasn't selfish at all. He gave mommy the world, and she gave him nothing back. Yeah, I think that definitely, she could have, she could have saved him. I think. 
She got us years ago, before he got strung out. Mm, I don't know about before he got strung out, but definitely when he got home from prison. Nah, cause because I used to talk to Maria, which is my my dad's mom, my grandmother, who was also a piece of shit. And she used to tell me about mommy, how it was never nothing he ever did was good enough, and I feel that pressure now. You know, I live in a nice neighborhood. My life is pretty good, but I still feel like it's not enough. And sometimes, like, you just want to give up. That weighs stupid heavy. When what, everything you do is not enough. I don't feel that way anymore. I've actually, thinking back when I was a kid and what I wanted as an adult, I just wanted stability. You know what I'm saying? I wanted dinner every day. I wanted a house. I wanted to go to the same school for Every year, you know, five years of elementary, I went to five <laughs> elementary schools. I wanted that consistency. So that's why every job I've had, I've been at for a while. You know, I've only been with my wife. You know what I'm saying? I haven't been around like that. Like, when I find consistency, I'm happy there. And I think I get that from mom. Like, she's scared to venture out. I'm not really scared to venture out. I just don't want to make the wrong mistake. I don't want to mess up what I got because everything I got is super consistent. Yeah, and, you don't like change. I love change. I'm always trying to grow. My whole life, I wanted to be a millionaire. Yours? You just wanted consistency. Yeah, that shit was huge. I wanted to, like, have laundry done once a week. You know? Like, normal, everyday things. I wanted, like, the white picket fence, the house, the two cars, the garage, kids in the night school going to their little functions and stuff like that. That's all I've ever wanted. And now I got it, so I'm chilling. So, like, I want to upgrade little things in my life, but... I'm not, like, chasing something because I got everything I want. So sometimes I kind of feel complacent. Nah, man. I wanted the cleaning lady. You oh, know, yeah. I wanted the cleaners. When I would talk to a guy and he was like, yeah, I dropped my clothes off at the cleaners. Oh, you're living that life I want. I want to be like that. That's the bachelor life. I wanted the bachelor life for a second. Like, oh, I'm going to give me a convertible. Remember, I wanted the Nissan convertible. A little coupe. Yeah, I wanted a decked out. Back in 08 when it first came out, push start, and I was working at the dealership. Let me test that. I'm like, come through. We can get this. We can make this happen. I was so stupid. Yeah, I. uh, that was just like maybe a year of my life when when I was hitting the licks on the scratch house, and I was getting fresh, and I was decking out my room. But once I met my girl, like, I switched my focus to something else. I still kind of did me. I think... Having a kid definitely changed my perspective. You know, I think I hated our family so much that I could only picture being single my whole life and never wanting anything. You know, because I was running a little rough in the streets and every time I would like a girl just a little bit, I'd leave. Like, that's it. I don't, you know, I can't do this no more. And then I settled down and I always tell people, Elani, she made me a man. But my son made me a father. Yeah. It took me a long time to come around. Yeah. Just to get my mind full. I hated our family. I couldn't understand how daddy could just get high. And he it's not like he just got high. Because sometimes I get high. He he left. He was in crack hotels with, with strange women. He was jumping through our windows, stealing our clothes. Yeah. He would lie. Oh, yeah, I pawned your car. Have mommy going ballistic to jump through the window to steal our clothes. What are you going to do with our school clothes, bro? Yeah, that, I remember that day like yesterday. Every time I drive by that duplex, I still see that moment. And it's crazy. Forever, when I drive down that street, I'll forever have that memory. And that's that's one of my on my, my last rap. That was like one of my bars and stuff. So it, stuff like that definitely sticks with you. But I know that's what I don't want to be. And I know I got an addictive personality. 
Like I binge on shit Sunflower seeds String cheese <laughs> Beer You know what I'm saying Like chocolate milk at one point Cookies So I'm always hesitant to really dabble in anything If I want to immerse myself I want, to, I want it to be something I really believe in Man that was so hurtful that day I was freshman in high school that's when I was going to South Dade. I, I only remember how old I was, or I don't even remember how old I was. I just remember I was a freshman because I used to catch the school bus on the corner. And I remember that week I had caught crabs, but I wasn't fucking nothing. So I was like, man, how do I got crabs? And I showed mommy and she was like, yo, you're wearing his underwear. Don't wear his underwear no more. And then she had crabs. I remember that shit. Yeah. And then that's when he parked the car on the side of the duplex, knocked on the door, Came inside, baby, baby, I pawned your car. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And her and him are arguing. I can't remember in detail what, how the argument went or whatever. But she, I remember the panic in mommy. Bobby, where's my car? Where's my car? Where's my car? And then her run outside, and then he run in the room and grabbed the clothes. Yeah, I remember the car still running. He jumped in that shit and tried to jet. Yeah, and then I chased him and hit him with the broom. Yeah. I was a kid, Mike. Yeah. Our dad was stealing our clothes. Yeah, that shit crazy. I remember um, living in Keys Apartments where he just banged on the door all night long. Banged on that shit all night long, all night long, all night long. I'm like, damn, what the fuck is going on? Mommy, get back. Don't open that door. I'm like, damn, I just didn't really understand. And I wasn't even embarrassed the next day. Like, everybody in the apartment, it's an enclosed apartment, so everything's an echo. Everybody knew what was going on, but... I just didn't, I didn't even put two and two together. I just went outside and played like nothing happened. And it's crazy because it was normal. That was our life. That was back in 2000. Yeah. I remember we went to the Homestead Police Station. He, uh, him and the trick were writing fake checks on their mom's name and cashing them shits all over town. I remember that was year 2000 because we lived on the third floor yeah. of the new building. And we stood outside for the ball because we thought the world was going to explode. Yeah. Y2K. Yeah. And the Transformer <laughs> pop. Yeah. Boom! So we're like, oh my god, we're gonna die! Remember that shit? I had nightmares about that shit forever. You know, I, I always had so much anxiety as a kid. I don't know why. Like, I was always scared. Like, I always needed reinsurance, but I never got it. Maybe that's why I'm so tough now. You never had a parent? I was. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care. I was like, whatever, whatever. I remember when we lived in the Keys apartments. Daddy came home and said he got kidnapped. I remember he got beat up. They hit him in the head with a 40. They beat him bad. Yeah, I remember. He was in the I went to the hospital. The yeah. old homestead hospital. Who took? I think Papa took. Remember Papa? Papa. Oh, the Papa. old man. Yeah, they used to. Evelyn's yeah, dad. Yeah, Evelyn's dad. Yeah, he, uh, I remember he took me to the yeah, hospital. Yeah, you know Ray called 12 years, dog. I seen that shit. My Ray, yeah. We should write him, though. We, we should, should tell him what we're doing. He's got a story, too. Yeah. I know. Maori gets, gets out in a year. Everybody's scared of a Maori. Ray gets out. Well, Ray gets out in 2026. That's right down the street. That's yeah, he'll nothing. get out. He'll, yo, we got some more stories. Yeah, for real. That's what everybody want to hear. So they know, like, this is genuine. We really went through that. Nah, for real. So when somebody tells me, ah, oh, my mom and dad got divorced. Oh, my God, it was so hard. Bro, you had two Christmases. That's what I, I always wish mommy and daddy would get divorced. So I got two Christmases. Because I didn't even have one. I feel you. I wanted it for other reasons. I don't want to get into I was trying to get on that Paul shit. You know what I'm saying? Nah. I guess we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah. Paulie Grind, Union City, early, once never start, late. Once we start making money. But, you know, Paul had his dad remarried, and he had um another sister. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? His sister was so dumb. I remember one time she, we were in a pool. She's like, yo, is the water wet? What? 
Chris, I'm high as a rock. Oh, I'm high as a rock. High as under a bird. <laughs> Y'all was getting messed up early, dude. Yo, we were getting... Our parents didn't give a fuck. I remember when we lived in Boardwalk, mom used to come home with 40s, white tees, and weed. And all my friends were living in the, the trailer park. And we was getting fucked up. And everybody was like, yo, you got the coolest mom. And I just used to think, like, my mom's a crackhead. What are you talking about? I have the worst mom. And I used to hate having those arguments. Like, I don't have to debate you about my mom being the worst mom. You go home and your mom cooked and she yelled at you for being out. I come home early and my mom's like, what are you doing? Nah, yeah. I I don't know. I, I never thought about it like that. I thought my mom was the cool mom because I was I was the only one that was a lot of always do. Y'all got to, hey, tell your mom you're going to spend a night at my house. We're going to smoke a little shake. We're going to drink some beer. And we're going to chill all night. And I remember we got caught by the janitor smoking weed in the, the Mishibishi Galant. My mommy bought that Mishibishi Galant from down the street, that purple one. And it just sat in front of the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, duh. Wow. Me and Angel got caught. And then we seen him the, the next Monday. In the cafeteria, he was like, yeah, what's good? What's good? It was a black dude. He had one goal, too. Man, that was crazy. Mommy really didn't care. I remember when she was really strung out. This was really strung out. This was when I was on probation, when I was living there on probation. I come home, she fucking some black dude in the back room. So I run in there. I swing on him. Yo, she calls the cops on me. They were going to take me to jail because I was on probation. No, I wasn't around. I was always gone. I was school. Soon as I got home from school, went to football practice. Came on, took a shot. That was like my routine and chill all the time. I was never home. We never had a curfew or beat a bed or let me see your report card. It was none never of that matter. Yeah. The only time mommy told me to come in the house, I think she bucked moms on some bread. So mom sent her daughter over, but the one that was always in jail, the one that was used to take the charge, EJ mom. She was. So what? She, she came through. But yo, who's, you got to tell people who moms is. You got to like. This is like, what's his name from The Sopranos? Who? Tony. Tony Soprano, yeah. Tony Soprano, but a black lady. Thug, thorough. She was like seven years old. She was like 70 years old, most lovable person in the world, but she had a goon squad for days. She had a trustable crackhead. Yeah. Ronnie. He died, and rest in peace, Ronnie. Yeah. She was like the biggest heroine dealer down south, I think. Yeah, for sure. She ran every. She lived in the nicest house. She bought. She took care of all her kids' kids. She lived in a brand new house in the hood. In the projects. The yeah. Two story. When I when I got out of jail, I was like, yo, because yeah. she took me and I had nowhere to live. Yo, the house before that was the newest house in that hood ass <laughs> neighborhood, right behind the store. Yo, remember when EJ? I'm not EJ. Um, Bone Crusher stole the deer. Oh yeah, we used to have him wilding. <laughs> He stole a deer from his neighbor and ran around the street and put it in his front yard. Yeah. I uh so it was Halloween. I had football practice. Our coach was like, you know, we're coming in on Halloween, we went to practice for a couple hours. I'm like, cool. So after football practice, I'm already dressed, it's Halloween. So we trick or treating, so you know we used to jump the gate from Harrisfield into Cocoa Walk. Yeah. Trick or treated all Cocoa Walk, then we jumped by the basketball court into Boardwalk. So we hit and everything. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna go inside, I'm gonna take off my shoulder pads and my cleats and stuff. I'm gonna be right out. And it was me. Angel, Lewis, Andis, Amos, we swole. Mommy's like, you can't go out. I'm like, why? It's Halloween. All my friends outside waiting for me. No, you can't go out. I didn't realize. I think they threatened to hurt me. And she was scared. She didn't want me to go outside. And I was like, damn, bro, I can't go outside. Uh, it is what it is. That probably had to be the only time ever that's ever happened you can go outside. Oh, yeah. We, I, we used to live in the streets. Yeah, I couldn't. Like, it was, oh, I'm going to spend a night. And then it got to the point 
Where it was like you weren't even saying shit. You just wasn't coming home. She didn't even care. She didn't. Even, she didn't even call you. Yeah. Well, there was no. We didn't have cell phones. I had a Virgin Mobile, but I wasn't answering it. That was yeah. It, 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 cell phones aren't what they were. Nah, hell nah. You didn't I walk around had, with us. You had, had to find minute, your friend. Yeah, I had a minute. And, I had minutes and limited text message. It was like ten cents a text. You didn't even text nobody. You were like, oh, I didn't even know. I, I, you know, no pictures, no nothing. Nah, and your ringtone was like dee 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 dee. It was like a beep of the song you wanted. Yeah, that's when um. Metro first came out, and you had the little, the was bigger only, Nokia. Yeah, that was only one Metro store all the way by the falls. Remember that? Yeah, that was it. Oh, man, that was terrible. Man, we were so bad. Remember when you got into some little uh, little trouble at Homestead Middle? Or no, me and Paul went to visit you at Homestead Middle, and we were walking through the campus like nothing, and Mr. SI rolled up on us, and he was talking hella shit. So the little thug I thought I was, I said, what's up, buddy? You want to fight? Strapped up my Tims, ready to fight. This is the head of security out of school. Yeah, Homestead Middle was wild. But you couldn't do that today. You go right to jail. Oh, you can't even get into the school. You can't even get into yeah, right to buzzing. jail. Yeah, man, terrorists fuck that shit up for everybody. You can't even beat up a security guard no more. But our school was different. Like you couldn't wear white shirts because you that was gang affiliated. Man. Like no white shirts. Like we had no book bags, only trapper keepers. That's it. You had the thug ass Mexicans, the blacks, and the Haitians. Yeah, but that time the Haitians were still like immigrants. They didn't get thugs until they until we got to high school. But the blacks and the Mexicans used to fight heavy. And grown men used to drive to the campus to fight kids in school. But, you yeah. know, these were some old-ass middle schoolers. These motherfuckers were 17 and shit, still in middle school. Big. Yeah. Big. Hey, South yeah. Rancho-type Mexicans. They chill when they went to South Day. South Day was sweet. But Homestead? What? Homestead South Day South wasn't sweet. Don't get it twisted. Yo, South Day was sweet when nah, I when I it was it was well, you didn't go to South Day. No, when I, I'm saying when I went from middle school to high school, South Day was sweet compared to Homestead. Compared to well, it, it had its thing because you had the wrestlers, the white boys. You didn't have too many black boys, but you had all the boys from the country, savages. So you had that's that's at um, South Day. And yeah, Homestead, that's when I was going to South. It Day. was Seven Ave, Florida City, and then you had. EMD, East Maury Drive, all the Haitians, so that's down 304 and shit, yeah. like Kings Highway and shit, so them boys used to bang it out all the time, everybody stood out the way, everybody stood out the way, this is where the blacks chill, the blacks were inside, the Haitians were outside, under the pavilion, everybody else was outside of that, like, you just stood out the way, and that's what it was. You had to, if not, you get caught on the crossfire, it's a wrap. I got caught on the crossfire. What happened Remember when you? I got jumped? By the girls. It wasn't girls. I don't know why. It was with girls. girls let, me tell, let me tell the story of what happened on my How side. How are you going to tell? I'm going to tell my side. We're going to listen to your side. So I'm on house arrest. And I was on community control where you didn't have the ankle monitor. And I'm at Maria's house and you call me. Man, yo, some bitches jump me. Dog, some bitches jump me. And that's when I'm with Black Mike. It's me, Black Mike, and there was one other person. Black Mike picked me up. You didn't even come. You couldn't. I did come. go. You didn't pick me up. Black Mike. Picked I didn't me up pick by you up, but I went to the school. Yeah. So I went to the school. Me, Black, and there was a third person. Mm. And yo, the security guy, the security guard recognized me. She's like, "Yo, what you doing here?" And I'm like, "Yo, I'm gonna handle business." Some some bitches jumped my brother, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It was some real bitches. I'm like, "Where the fuck they at?" She's like, "No, bitches like girls." And that's when I laughed. I'm like, nah, Ray, I got jumped by some girls. And I was on community control. I was scared. My PO, Peggy Gore, rest in peace, she got killed because she was so tough. He took me back home and then he came and got you. Yeah. So what happened was, I don't even know how I got jumped. I don't know how I got involved with this shit. So a dude used to pick on Lewis. They went to the South Day Homestead game and supposedly 
he was like bullying Lewis at the game, and Lewis didn't do anything. But I didn't know they had this prior meeting. He was gay, right? No, nah, he wasn't. It was a dude. It was a, a small dude. I actually ran into them at Publix right before I left Homestead. But anyways, they didn't say anything. But um, so I'm walking down the hall, and he comes and he sh- he shoves the shit out of Lewis, like, like across the hall. I'm like, damn, Lewis, you ain't gonna do nothing. And as soon as I say that, I get swung on. And the next thing you know, it's a hundred people on me. I only came out with a little scratch on my face. Yeah, nothing and, happened. Yeah, and um, I was just eyes closed, head down, just swinging like crazy. Then they grabbed me. They pulled me into a room I didn't even know existed in Homestead. It looked like some secret service shit. It was cameras, like all the screens full of cameras. And then they watched it back. I'm like, damn, I got to jump for real. It was, bitches. It was dudes, too. The dude that popped off on me was a dude. The dude that popped off on me was a dude. <laughs> but, um, but Lewis didn't do nothing. He watched me get jumped. And then that was it. Like, I went home. And then, like, after that, Mike came and picked me up. And then he picked me up. He t- went home. And then I heard. And his and- little Beretta. Yeah, the red one. The red Beretta. <laughs> Andis, Gene, um, Andis and Gene, all the people that jumped me lived across the street in, what's that, Venetia. Yeah. All They all lived there. So Andis and Gene and Amos, they went over there and they faded all the dudes that were there that jumped me. I was like, damn, I wasn't even there, da 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 and that was, like, really the end of it. And then they're, like, it was kind of like, they're like, hey, man, you know that boy that played football? You beat up his sister. I'm like, hey, man, I don't even know who I was hitting. They're like, yeah, he see when he see you, he's gonna, he want to fight you. I'm like, damn, now I got this the blacks on my head now, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, fuck. And then, so I used to see him, and every time I used to see him, I used to be kind of spooked and shit. And then one day, me and Austin, we skipped, I think it was, like, eighth period. I had him for, like, eighth period. We hit the fence, and as soon as I hit the fence, somebody's hitting the fence next to me. Who is it? It's him. And he's just looking at me hard, but he didn't do nothing. It was just, that was what it was. Yo, Andis, he was thorough. Andis was the real deal. His, bro- his brother, thorough. Amos I always was, felt like Andis was real thorough. Amos, the thorough one, though. And he boxed and everything. Yeah, he in shape like crazy. I actually ran into him, what was it, like two Thanksgivings ago? They had a turkey bowl at um, South Day Park. Uh, Antro Rose out there, too. And I seen Andis out there. He wasn't really vibing though. I'm like, damn, what's good? How you doing? But he wasn't really vibing like that. He's he's growing up. You know we all grow up, we grow apart. But Andis, he was he was that dude. He was that dude. But Homestead was real tough, man. It was like a prison. That's why I dropped out. Like, I couldn't handle the pressure of what was going, like living in Maria's house and and then like going to school. And it wasn't like you weren't worried about education. You were worried about, okay. You got these people over here. And then I remember I got on a bus. Like, we were able to take two different buses. So I had a bus that dropped me off right in front of Grandma's house. And then there was another bus that dropped me off across the bridge. So I used to be able to walk down. The 35 and the 70. No, public school bus. It's public bus? Yeah, wow. like a public school bus. And Austin put me up on that other bus. And it was a Wednesday. And my bus still wasn't out there. My normal bus. So I'm like, yo, I'm just going to jump on that bus. Not realizing on Wednesday, it don't go to that stop. So, yo, that shit dropped me off by... Grandpa's old gambling, his old new gambling house. Remember he had the second house? Yeah. There. I'm like, damn, I got to walk all the way down three or four, cross the bridge and everything. So I'm walking, and yo, two dudes want to jump me like I'm in the wrong side of town. And I'm like, damn. These your city dudes were real different. Yeah, they're like, yo. Like, they're just like, yo, what's good, what's good? I'm like, bro, I don't even know y'all want no problems, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I'm just trying to get home. Where was I? I don't know where you were. And uh, whatever, so... They wind up just talking shit. So I walk home, and then the next, then I get home, and then I wind up, I go chill at Anna's crib. We bagging up some blood and shit. 
Fucking, I told them what happened and shit. I told Gene what happened. They're like, oh, bro, when we get to school tomorrow, point them out. I'm like, for sure. So we in the cafeteria, and we always had the same lunch together. And we, we used to chill in a little corner, just us. I'm like, hey, daddy go right there. So he was like, come on, we're going to run up on him. I'm going to set up the one. I'm like, all right, for sure, I'm down. I'm down to fight him one-on-one. So we go over there, like, what's good? What's good? You know what I'm saying? Let's run it. Da, da, da. Oh, no, nah, we don't want no problems. And it was three of us and two of them. And they didn't want no problems. And then after that, that was it. But that's how Homestead was. The dynamic was always like battle of the territories, like race war, like stay with your people, don't talk to nobody. And it's just not conducive to education. We were so exotic, though. We got down with everybody. The only the parenting decision mommy ever did when it came to me was I was like, yo, I want to go to Homestead because we were living in Seagrapes. And all the boys from Seagrapes went to Homestead. And she was like, no, you're too much for Homestead. You're going to get in real trouble out there. And she, she didn't let me go to Homestead. That's why I went to South Dade. But it didn't matter. I still got in trouble everywhere. That, that's where I messed up. I was in, when I came back from New York, I was enrolled in South Dade. So when I came back that Monday morning, I told God that I was like, look, I'm not trying to go to South Dade. I don't know nobody but Angel. Lewis just left South Dade for Homestead. So I'm like, everybody, Jeans in Homestead, Anderson's in Homestead, Amos, everybody I know is in Homestead. So she's like, cool, I'm going to switch you out. I'm like, cool. Perfect. She switches me out. And I, I'm going to say that's probably a pivotal decision in my life because I was just coming off a, a fantastic football season in New York. Good grades. I was going to come out here. I was going to play football some more. And South Day would have been a place to do it. But instead, I went to Homestead and got in trouble. Homestead was really tough. South Day was a good school. I can't lie. We got into a lot of fights and stuff, but it wasn't at the level Homestead was. You know, South Day people actually went to get an education. You had the number one wrestling program in the country. How many years in a row? 10, 15 years. You had Antro Roll come out. No, he was out of Homestead. You had no, Charlie Ansel. Jones. Charlie, Charlie Jones was yeah. out. He went to the UM, but he fucked up. Antro Roll went to South Day, too. Really? Yeah. I thought he came out of Homestead. Uh-huh. But you had a real good football program. Yeah. You had Lambert. Lambert was the best running back I've ever seen in my life. He was giving dudes concussions. Yeah. Running down the field, knocking people out. Yeah. But he couldn't get out that street life. Yeah. Homestead would consume you with the yeah. streets. You got to leave. The, like, everybody that's successful out of Homestead left. Yeah. You got to leave. The best decision I was, I, I came to Orlando with $200 in my pocket. That's nothing. No plans, no nothing. And came to Orlando. And that's the best decision I ever made in my life. Look, I came up here with no money. No money, and my lady was pregnant. And look, look where I'm at now. Yeah. Look, though, we're doing our, yo, they always say great things start in a garage, right? And every time they always say that, <clears throat> I'm always like, yo, your parents had bread because you had a garage. And look, both of us have garages. Look at our views now. We're looking at a mountain right now. You know, we live in a beautiful community. We got a garage, new cars. All that came from leaving Homestead. Yeah. And every everything that our parents did, they didn't instill it. The only thing I can say they instilled in me was hard work. Because even when daddy was strung out, he was going to labor finders, working the whole day, and then smoking all his money. So I'm going to say that's like the only thing they really instilled in me. Was mom always work. showed up to work. Yeah, they always showed up to work. So, and that's how I am. Just they're always on time too. Yeah, real punctual. Mm-hmm. And that's that that that's how I am. I'm always on time. I always show up to work. I don't always give it a hundred, but like I always, no days off. Like when I take my son to football practice, I don't want to do it. Hey, no days off. You the only one here. I don't care. No days off. You got to show up every day. People think it's easy. You know, I have an argument with my best friend all the time about. My life, he doesn't get it. I wake up every morning, 2 a.m. Sometimes I wake up late. I'm tired. Three, you know, I own my own company, so I don't have to be there to schedule time. 
But if I don't finish my route by 2 o'clock, my kid is going to miss ballet. And she's so... I don't want to call it spoiled because I thought about it. I thought real hard about this whole parenting thing, right? And I don't want to keep comparing her life to my life because I don't think it's fair for her. And I always tell her, you should appreciate this because I didn't have this. But that's not her fault. And daddy used to tell me that all the time. Oh, you should appreciate this because my mother was this. She used to beat me and this, this, and that. I don't beat you. Yeah, but she don't love me either. You know, I think they, mommy and daddy had... Because grandma, she's a piece of shit, both of them. Flavia and Maria. Maria was better because she took us in. But it was like Cinderella. She took us in to let us live in the attic. Yeah. She didn't love us. She just felt obligated. Sometimes that's all you need, though. Because if Maria wasn't there, we would have been in foster care. Well, you were a little older, but me and Tiff, there was nowhere for us to go. She took us in. I got to... That's why every time I go down south, I got to check her out. I always tell her thank you because she really saved me, bro. Like, she really gave me a chance. I ain't take it like I was supposed to, like, take that opportunity. But I ain't, we had nowhere to go. Mommy was ghost. She went ghost for a long time. When she went into rehab, like, she didn't. I didn't see Mommy for, like, three years. Yeah, it, it was a long time. Like Didn't she hear was, from her, didn't talk to her? Yeah, I didn't even care. Like, when Daddy first went so to prison, normal. I was, uh. I was definitely broken about that shit. Like, damn, all this time, da da da. But after a while, I became numb to all that shit. I was so caught up in my life, like chilling with my friends, football practice. Like, I didn't even think about that shit anymore. I didn't really worry about what was going on at home. That's why, when I reflect on it, like it don't seem. It just seemed like hey, that was what it is. But I'm the same way. I'm a helicopter parent because our parents were so loose. So, I'm always around. I'm always. I'm the guy. I'm the parent at the park that's in the park. I don't sit on the bench and watch them. I got to be, like, monitoring and shit like that. You know, I try to give my kids a little distant. You know, my biggest fears as a parent is my son being gay and my daughter being a whore. So I try to, like, teach them other ways of handling things. Like, my daughter, she's real emotional. So I don't want a dude to play her emotions against her and turn her into somebody else, you know? And my son's too young to, you know what I'm saying? Not that I got any. You know, my sister's gay. Whatever, you know, it's a life choice. It's just as a man, you want a, your son to be a man, and I don't think that fits the criteria. Yeah, that's, yeah, I feel the same way. I don't know, I don't know, I'm, my biggest, I don't know how I'm going to handle when they're teenagers, because my patience is really low. So, when they talk back, I don't know how I'm going to react. I don't know if I'm just going to shut down and be like, whatever, or I'm going to be, like, angry. So, I try to, like, scold them more than be, like, like, hit them. Like, I want to be able to talk to them. Because, like, they're going to do some shit. Like, if they do anything close to what I was doing, I'm be... There's no way. You see a 13-year-old... Look, when I was 13, right? What was I doing? I was jumping in people's windows, robbing Mexicans on Fridays, smoking dirts, robbing liquor stores, drinking OEs. Remember, Paul used to go into the 7-Eleven, steal, fill his pants with Old English. They weren't 40s because those were against the law. They were 32s. Yeah. But we, we used from, to call them 40s. We from Florida. Yeah, they 32s. You know, I, I, um, that's my biggest fear, though. I just, I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle the teenage years for the kids. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that shit. You know, when I was living with Ruby's uncle, and this was recently, he's got a teenage daughter and a teenage boy. The worst thing she did was she dated too many dudes, right? In my mind. Now, is she fucking these dudes? I don't think so. You know, I would bet my money she didn't. I'm going to get a brew. 
right. You want No, I don't want no beer. But she was dating too many dudes, and that kind of bothers me because I don't want my daughter to introduce me to a lot of guys. I want my importance to be important. You know what I mean? I want when my daughter introduces me to a guy, it be like, yo, dad, I really like this guy. And I think, you know, this guy should meet you. You know, she was just bringing random dudes over to the house. And, you know, like, it's not my business to say, but that's something I don't want for mine. And then the worst thing his sons were doing, he used to smoke weed. You know, and that ain't that bad. If my son is 15 years old, going to school every day, and I happen to catch him with a joint, I don't think I would be upset at all. You know, you got to try it. It's just the social norm. You got to see what's normal in society. And, you know, your kids are going to go ahead and try that. But if the worst thing my son does at 15 is smoke a joint, I am a-okay. Because I was smoking crack and weed. My cousin, my cousin Alex, I'm going to shout you out because you owe me $65, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Yo, this motherfucker owes me $65. And this this all ties into parenting. We're going to get to that. I got a lot of shit to say to this piece of shit. I want him to get on the podcast so I tell him how he feels. And y'all will see me fuck somebody up on the podcast. You know what he's going to say? What is he going to say? You know how Rob is. I hate that stick. <laughs> but anyway, my cousin, the first time I smoked, not the first time, but he used to tell me it was cooked back coke. You know what I'm saying? Because it was cracked, smushed up. So I'm like, cook back. What that mean? He's like, man, that mean the best in the world. And yo, all it was is crack. But you know, I was smoking that shit at 12, 13 years old, bro. That dating shit, I'm not okay with teenage dating. I know I'm going to have to be okay with it. But it's weird. Like if I'm working and I see two 15-year-olds holding hands, that's weird. And then the dad's there. I'm like, damn, you're okay with that? I feel like they're automatically fucking. I was never like that with a female. Like, I never was with a female and was, like, dating them openly and shit. It was always, like, on some discreet shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That shit weird to me. Like, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. I swear. I guess you cross that bridge when you get there. You know, when I was dating at that young age, I was such a gangster. And the girls I was dating were not in my realm. So we couldn't meet their parents. They couldn't see me. I had no respect for authority. Remember I was going to fight Caridad because she thought you stole her training wheels? I do remember that shit. Yeah, I was that kind of kid. I was the kid who would go to the store, and if an older person was looking at me, what the fuck you looking at? And that's homestead career. I guess I was so angry. I didn't have nobody. And I used to be jealous of kids with parents. I was never, I was never like that. I was, I feel like I was so oblivious. I was so in my own world doing my own thing. I never noticed anybody else and what they were doing. But y'all, I'm really emotional. Remember when we saw Daddy on Thanksgiving, Maria took us to visit him in a work release? Mm-hmm. What was that, like the first time in seven years? And I cried, I, could, I just boo-hoo cried. Yeah. That tough guy stigma went right out the window. I cried. Yeah. I felt that way when, when me and, I remember Karen, I skipped school. And Karen came and picked me up to pick you up. And when I seen you. I was so heartbroken because you were like half of what you were before. I got out of jail skinny. 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 I was like, oh my God. I felt so bad. I felt like you were starving. But you know, it's it's crazy. But jail was my happiest place. As a kid, I had food every day. I didn't have to worry about anything, you know. I felt like I had people around me that loved me. You know, me and my roommate, we were like best friends. Shout out to Smokey B. I wonder what he's doing now. 
Yo, this is this is the dude I was telling you about who had the home invasions for the old people. He went and robbed the senior community. Oh, shit. Tied up like 12 people. 12 old ladies. Yo, I was in a jail cell with Michael Hernandez. Google his name. Michael Hernandez. He stabbed. Uh, he was a white boy who stabbed a little black boy 47 times in Southwood Middle School down, down south in Miami. I was in jail with dudes like that. I was in jail with a dude named Befford. His mom was pimping him on the streets for crack. And he stabbed her to death. That shit crazy. Yo, Mike, there was some real killers in there. And I was just happy to be somewhere. A home. A comfortable home. When you first went to jail, it was kind of, it was, that's when it, I finally felt like, damn, it's kind of about me now. Because it was always about you. Because you was always in trouble. And I don't know, you, you was always a favorite kid. I just became the favorite kid. I had that one gangsta-ass Christmas when I got the motorcycle and the scooters. That's the only good Christmas I've I've had with our parents. But that was because you were in jail. And Tiffany was a baby. She didn't really want anything. But I never had a good Christmas. Nah, I know. But never had a good Christmas. I was only the favorite because I could do. I could protect mommy. That's why I was her favorite. Because, I, yeah, I was 12, 13. But I was light years ahead of kids my age. My whole crew. Look, Rashad. Rashad was, he was, he was our age. He had his one apartment and two phones. His parents died and he was collecting their social security checks. You know, 14 years old, he had his own crib. People didn't live like, like us. We grew up so different. So I think mommy just used me as a crutch to protect her from everything. I'll make the money, but you protect the house. Because nobody bothered us. I feel like I've never had a, I didn't have a bond like that with our parents. They were just there. Well, Daddy, come on, nine years. He went to jail. I was in. I was in fifth grade going to. I was in fifth grade, going into middle school. So he missed. He went to jail. I was a kid. He was. He went to jail in 02. He went to jail. I was a kid. So when he how came old out of jail. 02? I don't know. Let's do the math. You were born in what? 91. Yeah. 11. He. So I was a boy when he went to jail. You were a child when he came home. I was a man. I was already with Yelica. Yeah. I was already with my wife. Yeah. We weren't married at the time, but we were dating. I was already a man. So you missed a huge part. And then these are pivotal years. So, okay, I'm 11. Mommy got fucked up in what? 05? No, before I went to jail, she was on crack. I went to jail 04. Okay. So 03. So from 03, she didn't come back around till daddy got out of jail. Damn, 2000, what? 16? No, that wasn't that. No. Yeah. No, I, I moved here in 2012. We're in 2019. I, I moved in to Orlando in 2012 because my daughter was born in 2013. Mommy came around when Nani was it, born. In 2012. No, Nani was born 11, 21, 11. Yeah, 2012. You yeah, so you're talking about from 06 to 2012, Mommy wasn't around. And then from 2002 when Daddy till 2012. So that's 10 years and that's six years with mom. Those are the pivotal years of my life that made me. And, okay, I went to high school for a year only. I went to job court for a year only. I, remember I stayed at Maria's house and for a year. And you thugged it for a job court, though. You could catch two buses and a train. I, uh, Not to job court, to, to ATI. UTI, yeah. And then, and I lived at job court. That's like, I love to live in that job court. They're like, yo, you live like 10 minutes away. Why are you living here? I don't want. I don't want to sleep on the couch and live out a chest. Live out of roaches. Yeah. Smell like cigarettes. You know what I'm saying. I love the job core, 
And then one year Job Corps, one year after Job Corps living in Maria's house, and then, yo, I got the gas station job. I got my own place. I've been on my own since then. So by the time mommy came back around, I was already on my own. I was already a man. So they missed pivotal years. That's why I don't really have too many memories of them. It was just too much gap in between when they were around to when they came back. It was hard. I remember when daddy got out of jail, I was so excited. When I moved to Orlando, I was like, yo, my family's back together. Yo, dad, let's go fishing. Ah, stop with that gay shit. Ah, you a man, do it by yourself. He would never take me fishing. I'm like, yo, let's go play catch. I could never get him to do anything with me. And yo, I was a man at the time. I'm grown. I didn't have any expectations of him when I got out. I wish I had your mentality. I expected so much, even up to the day he killed himself. I had no expectations for him, no expectations for mom. I was already so, I had my, I already had my own life. So I wasn't worrying about what they did. And I kind of made it, it took me a while to reflect and really think about like, you just go living. I never realized why I was. I think I built up my, myself so much so I can never be in a position where anybody can take it from me. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a kid, I can't control that you on dope and you go to jail or you abandon us. I can't control that. But, yo, I got my own shit now. So no matter what happens to you, I'm always going to be good. And I always wanted to be in a place of, like I said, consistency. And I finally made it there. And I was like, I don't care what you do or how you live. I got my own shit. You know, remember when mommy caught on fire? I don't remember. You weren't at the house. I was in Atlanta. It was just me and Paul. I was in Atlanta. Nobody told me. And then when I got back, moms picked us up from the airport. And they're like, oh, we didn't tell you nothing, but we're going to the hospital. I'm like, why? Your mom's in the hospital? I'm like, what do you mean my mom's in the hospital? And she was like in the trauma unit in Miami and shit all burnt up. You know, when she was in the hospital, moms brought her dope. And she was getting high in the bathroom. And when I saw her getting high in the bathroom, I said, I, sh I wish I would have let you die. I should have let her die. And that's how I felt for a long time. I should have let her die because... We were in the trailer park, and Paul was laying on the couch, and Mommy was in the kitchen cooking up heroin. We had went to the IMPs over in Florida City and bought a whole bunch of bars, and Mommy was cutting the heroin with bars, and she shot up, and then she tried to fry some platanos and fell asleep on the, slow, on the stove. And he fell, and her whole body caught on fire. And I remember the imprint on the, the trailer floor and everything. I ripped her clothes off with my bare hands. She didn't want me to call the cops because the house was full of drugs. Crack, heroin. But I was like, yo, mom, you're going to die. Her, her skin was bubbling. You could smell the hair and, and everything. And when we got to the hospital, you know, I was real worried about mom. I was like, yo, she's got to change. She's got to change. And when she was getting high in the bathroom, I looked at her and said, I should have let you die. You're never going to stop. That shit crazy. That drug is a motherfucker, boy. Man. I didn't, I didn't, I knew what was going on, but I didn't care. I was chilling too much. I was out too much. And maybe the reason I was out, because I didn't want to be around that shit. I wasn't really around it until we moved to New York. And I don't know why. It's all just a blip to me. I feel like I've lived so much life since then that it is what it is. We're grown now, man. We got kids of our own, you know. We're trying to raise our little ones. But, you know, it sucks because they don't have no grandparents. Well, yours has, you know, your, your, your in-laws, but mine has nobody. My daughter, my, mommy's never going to teach her any lessons because mommy knows no lessons. She's never going to give her that kind word of advice. Yo, for God's sakes, look, Tiffany got married, 
And me and her were going through some shit. And we're going to talk about this because Tiffany's a fucking piece of shit. And she'll be on the podcast to explain her story, how she threatened my family. But fuck that. For now, we're not going to talk about it because she's a piece of shit. And I want her to defend herself. But, yo, mommy didn't even walk her down the aisle when she could have. She showed up. But she didn't show up like I would have showed up. She didn't know that that was her responsibility, though. She don't know nothing. She's never took the time to learn. And she always thinks that we tripping. Every time I got an emotion towards mommy, what does she say? She still, she, I don't know if she'll ever face it. If she ain't ready to face it now, she ain't never ready to face it. Yo, but Mike, look, it's getting late. The mosquitoes are attacking me. You know, we're in a garage. So we're going to pay some bills. Then we're going to wrap this shit up. And you know, if you like what we said, you know, they're going to be a parenting part too. Because we got a lot of shit to say. You know, we still got to tell you how we're raising our kids and, you know, how we felt like our parents raised us. All right, go ahead and drop that commercial. You wanted to give out the email real quick? Yeah, go ahead. You, you got it? Yeah, so it's Uncle Mike and Theo Rob at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, insight? If you want to donate, we'll hit you with the Cash App. Support a dream. Support a dream. Go ahead, run that email back. Spell it for them. Uncle Mike and Theo Rob at gmail.com. I would spell it for you, but I got a public school education and I barely showed up. So it's Uncle Mike and Theo, T-I-O, Rob, with two Bs, at gmail.com. Yeah, don't worry. I only got my GED. But this episode is brought to you by Jomar Gonzalez, the best realtor in Central Florida. If you're looking to buy something, this is the dude. He helped my brother get his house, and he helped me get my house. And, yo, we got steal of a deals. He's got hard money lenders, conventional lenders, FHA lenders, bad credit lenders, I'm not a realtor, but he got all these people if you need. You can reach him on his cell phone at 407-837-3386 or send him an email. I know a lot of people don't like talking. You can even text him. I know you millennials don't like to fucking call people you send texts. He's got an iPhone, so you can send him a voice text for all you iPhoners. But you can reach him at Gonzalez, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z, Jomar, J-O-M-A-R-0-0, at me. Dot com. This episode is also brought to you by All Out Customs. All Out Customs, best body shop in Miami. If you're looking for quality work, you don't want to get your car ripped off or you pay for real parts and they give you fake parts with spray painted logos on them, you got to go see my boy Mauro at All Out Customs. You can go ahead and reach him. Hold on. Let me look for his phone number. I am so unprepared for this right now. But Mauro Gonzalez shot us some money. He's got the best body shop. We got both. Both of us got cars. We'll post the cars on our Instagram once we get that up and uh, up and running here. So his number is seven eight six five three seven one two six three. Finally, it's brought to you by Truth Family Investment, the biggest hard money lender in Orlando. The link will be listed below. You can hit him up in his email. If you got a serious idea, he funds everything. If you want to invest in real estate, you got a good property, he'll be out there tomorrow with your money in five days. You want to start a landscape company, he's the guy to go to. But we're going to wrap this up. You know, thank you for listening to therapy. Pass it on to your friends. Let people listen. We're trying over here. With it.